Welcome to the first episode of Ink Spill, a podcast where hosts Abby Rubish and Avni Rai take turns inviting community staff to spill on all things NCHS. I'm Avni Rai, and I'm here with our first guest, Mrs. Mary Esther Baldwin. Senora Baldwin has been teaching Spanish for 33 years and currently serves as community's foreign language department chair, a position she has held for the past decade. Today, I'm asking her to spill on how our school has changed during her long career. Senora, how are you doing today? Hola, I'm doing well, Evany. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. Now, Senora, you started teaching here in 1998. Correct. Which means you spent nearly a quarter of a century at our school. Wow. That <laughs> would make, that sounds right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> What's kept you in the district for so long? Um, I loved Unit 5 when I first started. I wanted to be in town where my kids were going to school because my first job, I taught 45 miles away. And being away from them as toddlers and in daycare just was not the best fit. So as soon as I was able to get into this position, it was it was it was right for me to nice. be in town with my kids. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And now I understand that you started your career with Unit 5 in the old building um, where Kingsley is now. Mm-hmm. What was working in that building like? Very different because it was such a big building and it was literally a whole block long. Mm-hmm. So... And I I went from normal to Chittick's and then sometimes back to normal. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't get to know a lot of the staff there. I basically drove in, went to my, went to the workroom, went to my class, taught, and then left and went to Chittick's, then came back. So it was really different as far as I did not get to know a lot of the staff very well. And, um, there was just a lot of people, a lot of people. Kids would walk outside to get from class to class because the, the hallways were so crowded. They were able to walk outside to get from one end of the building to the other. So luckily I did not work in the old end that did not have the air conditioning. I worked in the south end, yeah. had air conditioning the whole time I was there. But it was so funny. You could tell in the workroom where people worked, like what part of the building they worked <laughs> in. Because we were either in long sleeves and sweaters and everybody else was in Uh, like sleeveless shirts and shorts. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so eventually you ended up having to pack up your classroom and transition to this new building. Mm -hmm. So what was that like? Well, we had a lot of volunteers from, from the community come in and help teachers, especially with the furniture, the big furniture that we wanted to bring over, knowing we'd have new furniture here, but some people wanted to bring some old stuff. And literally there was just stuff out in the front yard Mm -hmm. of the old building and it was just stuff that we didn't need any longer and people would come by and look and see if they wanted something and then eventually just went to the trash but we had a lot of people helping in the community helping teachers pack up pack up papers pack up um you know anything that they wanted to take over posters and all that kind of stuff It, it was a it was a work, you know, it was work yeah. for all of us to do, but we did it. Yeah. So then you've been here in this building for how many years? Since it opened in 2003. Okay. Wow. So right. 19 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so where would you say your home is in regards to teaching? Here at Normal Community. Okay. Yes, absolutely. For sure. 
Um, so then you became the foreign language department chair in 2011. Correct. How are your responsibilities as chair? How is that different from your previous role? The big thing about being a department chair is overseeing the curriculum and being the go-between person uh, between the staff and the district office. And at this, nowadays it's Dan Lambouli, who is the six through 12 curriculum director. So we are the go-between to get things curricular wise, figure out when we need task forces to have new classes um, rolled out. Um, and we have meetings every month with the principals just to keep our, our department in the know what's going on. I mean, I've always, always, always pushed out building chair notes after every building chair meeting Mm -hmm. because it's stuff that we need to share with them and, and have them know what's going on in the building. So lots of times we just are the go between person, but with curriculum, we kind of set that like, when are we going to change textbooks or when are we going to have a new curriculum push out? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you enjoy most about serving in that role? Honestly, um, I, I like working with the curriculum, but kind of the the two perks of being the building chair, uh, no homerooms and no supervision. Oh boy. So no um, hallway supervision, cafeteria, anything like that. I get a full lunch hour and not having to deal with homerooms and stuff. Yeah. But I do, I do like being in the know yeah. and helping my department move forward with everything that, that we need to, especially with standard space. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have been here at our school in our district for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You've been in a few various roles as well. Mm-hmm. How do you think our school has changed throughout the years? Well, well, the numbers of students that we have has grown so much since the old building. And even since we first started here, yeah. um, like every year they say it's the biggest freshman class coming in. And every year they say that, I'm like, how can we have that <laughs> many more kids? Yeah. Um, the technology, of course, has really changed when we first moved into this building one of the back rooms of the imc there there were 10 to 12 different dvd machines and mr kerr was in charge of that and if we wanted to show a movie in our classroom we had the big tvs that were mounted up on the walls and so we had to have give him the dvd tell him what room to show it to what time and then God willing, hopefully the remote would work and we'd be able to show it. So it was so different. And, you know, kids did not have computers. So we either had to take them to the IMC. We had a lab in there. We had a couple labs around the building or we then we had um, portable carts that you could check out and have in your room at a certain hour of the day. Mm -hmm. So all of that has just progressed where now it's like, okay, get your laptops out and we're ready to go. So that has really changed. That's the biggest thing, the technology. Definitely. Yeah. And how would you say the culture of our school or student body? How have you seen that change? Oh, the culture. Well, we are, uh, I feel like we are a much more diverse um, community here in our building. And I think that all of the different groups that have come about, um, I know there's so many different groups that are ethnic based or cultural based in our schools that are the after school activities. Mm -hmm. So that has changed a lot. We have the um, LGBTQ plus group. We've just come around accepting everybody. Not that we never did, but because the population of each of those groups has grown so much. I'm so happy to see that our school has taken that in and that we are now acknowledging 
all the different ethnic groups in our school. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. And obviously, and you mentioned it earlier, one really big change has been the growth of the student population. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, across my four years at, here at community, it's grown tremendously. And right. I'm sure over your career, it's grown yes. as well. How has that, or how have you seen that affect our school? Well, number one, I think it's the number of kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of teachers have so many kids, it's hard. It's really hard to give that one-on-one, get that one-on-one relationship with kids Mm -hmm. because you can't get to everybody in in at one time. Like I have 31 kids right now in my seventh hour class. I'm still learning names because there's just so many. And I know where they sit and I know their names by them. But if I see them in the hallway, I recognize them, but Mm -hmm. I don't know their names. So there's a lot more names to learn. Um, I just feel that like we're just crowded ever going up and down stairwells Mm -hmm. during certain hours. It's crazy. So I don't know how kids get around (laughs) in four minutes to get to their next classes. I can't do it. Right. I could never do it. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just the number of kids that we come in contact with Mm -hmm. daily is just so much more and just trying to have that, that time and that effort and the patience with all of them, sure. I think has taken a toll on some teachers over the years. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of want to switch it up a little bit. All right. We talked about how the school has changed, how you've seen different aspects of our school change. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know a little bit about how you as a person have evolved throughout the years. Oh, wow. Um, well, when I first taught, I came from a school where I was the only Spanish teacher, mm-hmm. no one to collaborate with. And then when I came here, uh, I, there were just so many different people that worked in our departments and I learned a lot. I learned a lot from a lot of different people. We, we share our ideas now with Google drive, we can actually share all of our files and just learning from everybody what works with them and, and telling them what works for me. And that's been the biggest thing. I have grown so much as an educator by learning from my colleagues and even in the French and German teachers yeah. too, if something works in their class, just convert it to Spanish and, you know, there you go. So that's been the biggest thing. When I first started teaching, I thought, how do I know if I'm doing anything right? I have no one to to collaborate with. And now that's just been, yeah. that's been great for me. That's yeah. awesome. You know, I'm an extrovert, so I love <laughs> talking with people. Oh, and yeah, yeah. When I was by myself, I was like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely, I think you touched upon this um, next question, but mm-hmm. how would you say your attitude towards teaching has changed? I've really grown as far as implementing so many new things mm-hmm. in the classroom. And I'm not going to lie. I haven't done standards based yet. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do it next year for my last year. <laughs> um, but just as far as, um, you know, incorporating everything that we can do now with the computers, like mm-hmm. having real time with, with people in other countries in our, in our classes, or, um, you know, if we were talking about a specific landmark or something, we can actually go in there. Remember how we used Google earth last year. Yeah. I was the first time I used it. And I think that brought a whole added um, level to that, that, uh, activity that we did that, that assessment, because we were actually able to see where these places are Mm -hmm. in this big, huge world. Yeah. Um, and now as you approach the end of your time here at community, Mm -hmm. what memories stand out or will you take with you when you leave? My colleagues that are my friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've made a lot of good friends here who have helped me through lots of different things in my personal life. Mm -hmm. 
um, they will forever be in my life. And I hope that I, I plan on subbing yeah. when I retire yeah. because my husband won't retire for another three years after I do. Mm-hmm. I cannot stay at home. I cannot be that person that stays home alone. Yeah. So I will definitely sub so I can keep in touch with those people. Um, just the kids, mm-hmm. you know, when I see students out in the community and they remember me Yeah. and they, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. I may not remember your English name. <laughs> when we used to do Spanish names, I remember your Spanish name, refresh me who you are, yeah. but it's so great to see the kids out in the community. And it's great to see when the kids come back during winter break or Thanksgiving break and they come in to see you that you've made an impact in their life. That's, that's huge. I love it when kids tell me that they've either studied abroad or they have um, minored in Spanish so that they can get that little perk with their degree. Mm -hmm. Um, That just, that just warms my heart. A hundred percent. I love, love, love hearing about that. Yeah. And that makes me feel like I did do something. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's what I know that I'll miss the most is the connection with all my friends and all the kids that have gone mm-hmm. and come back and things like that mm-hmm. next year when I leave as well. So. Yeah, it is. It's a whole new, it's just a whole new part of that, you know, going forward, right. you'll meet new kids and call new friends in college. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you still have that same base that you've had here. So like for me, I hope I keep the friends that I have here, but you know, Mrs. Runyon and, and Vern are retiring with me oh. and we're good friends. So yeah. at least I know I can always call them and say, Hey, you want to go out for coffee or you want to go out for lunch? Yeah. You know, so that'll be good. That's that'll awesome. be good. Yeah. And what advice or any catchphrases, lasting messages that you would leave with our students or listeners? Keep learning. Mm-hmm. We have a saying in my class and I don't like to say it, but I always tell the kids in Spanish, you know this. And that means LSD. No, not the drug. We're not talking about the drug. My 90 year old dad a few years ago said, Iha, you always have to LSD every day. And I go, dad, what are you talking about? Learn something daily. And you kids keep me on top of everything that's going on socially, um, on social media, anything in the entertainment world. You guys keep me up on update on that stuff. And I love learning something daily, even if it's something minute like that, that somewhere down the road I can use at a trivia contest or just randomly throw it out there at a family <laughs> event and just say, Hey, did you know da da da? Yeah. Now I can't remember all of those right now, but I know I've learned a lot every day from you kids. And so, yeah, just learn something daily. That would be my, my mantra for anybody else that is approaching the end of their career. Don't ever stop learning. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And finally, we invited you here to be the first guest on our podcast Yes, because you've spent such a long time here at Community. You've had such a great impact on our students and you've really experienced what it means to be an Ironman. And so we wanted to hear from you. What do you think it means to be an Ironman? To be an Ironman means to be in this wonderful community of colleagues, students, where we shine at so many things that we do in this building um, academically. For example, you getting a 35 or 36 on your ACT, going to Washington, D.C. and representing the youth of our country that are trying to help other people. Um, We have great sports um, dynasties where we, you know, and everything. We have great teachers who are doing things out in the community. And 
it, it's just, you know, whenever I say something about my high school, my family says, your high school's always so good. Like you're always, <laughs> we always hear about you. Even the quad cities, we hear about normal community. I'm like, because that's what we are. We are a close knit, big family, mm-hmm. but I feel like we watch over each other. We help each other. And that's the whole Ironman mentality is just being proud to be a part of this, of this culture, of this school. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you very, very much, Senora Baldwin. Thank you, Avani. I enjoyed doing this. Thank you. I appreciate your time and we are so glad we could have you on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much.